0: If you start putting money in your Roth IRA with the normal just kind of return on investment that we've been averaging, you put in the maximum you can into the Roth and you do it every year. The time they're in their 20s are already over a million dollars. Welcome to the Get Real Podcast, your high octane boost of full-on reality therapy for personal, business, and investing success with your host, ron phillips because somebody's got to tell it like it is
1: hello and welcome back to the get real podcast this is heather marchant this is ron's birthday week i was out last week it must be summer (laughs) summer is the best time to get out and do things at least where i live ron lives in a more tropical location so he doesn't have as many excuses as i do but it's his birthday tomorrow so if you want to reach out and wish Ron a happy birthday, either on our Facebook page or at Invest at RPC Invest, I bet he'd love to hear your birthday wishes. He didn't ask for that. So that could be really entertaining and fun. We are going separate today with him being out. And I am super excited because I'm joined by a guest on our podcast. I think this is the third time you've been on the podcast. This is Warren Tarrell. Of Tarle Accounting. He's the owner of Tarle Accounting. Ron and I both use his accounting firm for our personal taxes, and that's not by accident. Warren does a fantastic job. And I think one thing that I love about you, Warren, this is the longest introduction ever, but you're really good at explaining things in a way that people can digest and understand. Something as complicated as taxes. Oh, t- so
0: taxes are easy.
1: Yeah, for you they're easy. So thank you for joining us and breaking it down for us today. You're a favorite on the podcast for sure.
0: I didn't warn you about this, but I want to show you one thing. Is, it's just really cool, and we created it, and I'm using it temporarily for our new slogan. I don't know if I hold it up if you can see it, but
1: yeah, those on YouTube can see it. Yeah, there
0: we go. I mean, I don't know if the picture is going to be clear, but right now it like gets political time, and everyone's talking about how millionaires and billionaires don't pay their fair share. Yes, And I also talk about how the tax code is fair. So it treats everybody the same if you do the same thing. So you might not be a millionaire or billionaire, but if you do the same stuff they do, you get treated the same. So came up with the slogan saying, paying your fair share is for suckers.
1: (laughs) It's very true. I've always said like, oh, I'll just pay my fair share. But I only want to pay the portion that goes for what I use as a (laughs) US citizen, right? And it's really frustrating. It was very eye-opening for me as I have my own business and own real estate. And as I was getting older and making more money, I was like, this really, it sucks. (laughs) The tax thing sucks and slows your growth so much. So what you do in helping us and also many of our clients being able to strategize and take advantage of those, the tax law that's there. I love that you said it's fair to everyone doing the same things. That's really true.
0: Yeah, the tax code, it doesn't care who you are. It's not a respecter of persons, it's a respecter of actions.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's really cool. A good reminder and a great way to start off because what I want to talk about today is you kind of gave us a teaser the last time you were on the podcast. You just mentioned it and it caught it and was really excited about it. And I wanted to have you back on and we had to wait for tax season to be over. (laughs) And then your tax season recovery time, which is well-deserved. <laughs> so this is middle of the summer where you're able to have some more flexibility. So we're super glad that you can fit us in. But you had mentioned how you can start a property management company. And what specifically I was excited about in addition to that was hiring your children and teaching them and having them help in your property management business. And that's this excellent for me, a good stage of life I'm in right now with the age of my kids. and I could use their help. <laughs> so I wanted to talk a little bit about that and how you go about setting that up. Like what do people need to know in order to do that and do it the right way?
0: Okay. Well let's talk about kind of the benefits of it first so we can get Perfect. people to be anxious for it. And then we can talk about the like boring part of how to do it. And those of you who are out there who go, I have a property manager already. This is just a strategy. I'm not going to make you fix toilets or anything like that. So don't automatically tune this out. Just listen to the good part first, and then we'll figure out the other part. So when you have your own property management company, you now have your own business. And some people come back and say, well, I have my rental properties. That's a business. Well, the IRS considers that a passive activity. And we all know about real estate professional rules and all those things because they count that income or loss as passive. So there's a few things that we don't get to do in the real estate side that a business, an active business does. And normally that's kind of worth the trade-off because when you have an active business, it's taxed a little bit more. So we wanna be careful not to make too much money in our new business that we form. But one of the things we get to do is, and we'll just cut to the best one, right, is hire your kids. So if they can do something to help in your property management endeavors, you can hire your kids. And here's the really cool part about it is if it's a sole proprietorship, there's a special loophole in the rules that says if a sole proprietor hires their kids who are under the age of 18, then you can pay them and they're exempt from payroll taxes. Mm. And payroll taxes the end of yeah, it came out and adds an extra 15.3%. So those of you who still have W-2s yourselves, you see where they withhold Social Security and Medicare, those are payroll taxes. And the Social Security and Medicare that's withheld from your paycheck is half the employer pays the other half of it. So nothing would need to be withheld from your kids and you don't have to pay your half. If you hire them.
1: Is there like a minimum age that is required for it?
0: Good question. There's not really a minimum age, not technically a minimum age, but if you're going to hire them and pay them, we have to hire them to actually do something. And Mm -hmm. what we pay them has to be reasonable for what they're going to do. So if we're going to hire them to kind of help clean up our manager office and empty the trash cans or whatever, we probably can't pay them $30,000 a
1: year. Okay, got it.
0: So we wanna find things that they're capable of doing and and all kids are different, right? I'm not going to say your three-year-old couldn't do what someone else's eight-year-old can do. So you know your kids, be reasonable with it and hire them to do that. There's a bunch of things that happen when you hire your kids. There's a whole bunch of other reasons to even have this property management company, but maybe we'll spend our whole time. Talking about this, but
1: yeah, tell us the benefits. I love that you wanted to start with that. So, all the benefits go. So, hiring (laughs)
0: your kids first off, they can make in this year. I actually had the number written down, I probably threw it
1: away before we started talking. I did,
0: I looked this up for somebody else. But 2023, (laughs) they can make a little over $13,000 without having to pay any taxes whatsoever. So, it's once you cross that over $13,000 threshold that's when you start kicking in at the 10% tax bracket. So okay. you under 13,000, they zero tax. Over that, they start at 10%, which is probably still better than you're at. So one thing we can do is move money out of your tax bracket into your kid's tax bracket,
1: hmm. which might be zero. That's really cool. I saw like on social media, someone saying, look, I pay for my kids like lessons or whatever. And so I hire them, they do work for me, right? And then I pay them and then it's a way to reduce your income and not have it be tax-free and you get to pay your child for the activity that they're involved in anyway type of thing.
0: Right. So it's not like money. It's like not that any of you are against giving money to your kids, but it's still money out of your pocket. So there's no reason you couldn't have your kids pay for some of the things you pay for. As a parent, the law requires you, you feed them, you clothe them and you give them shelter. It doesn't say they get gourmet food and designer clothes. So some of those things they might have to pay for themselves and they have a job now. They can do that. And because they have a job, they have earned income from that W-2, they're entitled to set up their own IRA. Ah. And since they're not paying any taxes on that money, we don't really want a deduction or need a deduction. So it might as well be a Roth IRA. And I forgot the number of years. I should have looked this up too. But
1: Sorry. You're good at shooting from the hip horn. If
0: you start putting money in your Roth IRA with the normal just kind of return on investment that we've been averaging, you put in the maximum you can into the Roth and you do it every year. The time they're in their 20s are already over a million dollars. And because wow. it's in a Roth, that's tax free, right? It's not tax deferred wow. like in a traditional IRA. So what a head start you gave your kid.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. And do you know how much you can put in a Roth for a minor?
0: Uh, It's the same as everybody. The limit right now is, someone's going to correct me, but when I say 6,500, I should know these things off the top of my head, but they go up a little bit.
1: Well, the important part is understanding the benefits and how we can work this to help us and help our kids. And for me, get some work off my plate, which sounds great. It's a (laughs) win-win everywhere.
0: They can't put more money in it than you pay them. That's the cap. Yeah. That's one of the caps. Right? Yeah. So you need to pay them if we're going to do 6,500. You need to pay them at least $6,500 in their paycheck. Got it. So we have to find a job that's worth $6,500. And so in doing that though, we want to really look for what that right job is. And sometimes we might even create that We won't stick with two and three year olds, but as they get older, let's say you build a website for your properties, Your property management company and you wanna promote that out. Nobody seems to understand how that stuff works and social media works better than kids. So I've read before that a good website, you should be able to have a third grader look at it. In less than a minute, they can tell you what it's about and what the call to action is. And so you might as well have a real third grader tell you. Yeah,
1: exactly. I have my thirteen year old son does builds Google sites all the time for lots of different things. So I think that you're right, the technology just comes so naturally to them, they learn a lot of it in school. So Warren, when you go to set up something like this, you're just setting up an LLC and calling it a property management company. Is there any licensing or anything you have to worry about?
0: There might be in your particular state. So you'll have okay. to check. So a lot of places will say, hey, to be a property management company, you need to have a real estate license okay. or be under a broker. But there's a lot of places that there's an exception. Most places, I believe there's an exception that says, well, if you're managing your own properties, mm. am I really managing my own properties? Well, yeah. If they're in an LLC that you own or you and your spouse own together and the property management companies an LLC that you own or your spouse owns, then that's you managing your own properties. And like I said, there's a lot of places that give you an exemption for that. Yeah. Check your local listings.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's We decent. wouldn't
0: want to create a problem. And one more thing with, oh, while we're on the kids, hiring the kids side of, thing. Yeah. The other part, and you mentioned school too, is as an employer, I'm allowed to pay for my employees to be educated in a way that helps them do a better job of what they were already doing. So sometimes in coming up with that job description, especially as our kids get older, coming up with that job description could help us pay for some extracurricular activities. Maybe they want to go to coding school or coding camp or take after school classes that cost extra on creating website. Maybe you hire them to be your IT manager to help run your mini network in your office or whatever their interests are, if they're going to start incurring some education costs that way, like even summer camps that are doing those kinds of things, maybe we can pay for them in that property management company.
1: Wow. I love that. That's really cool. Educating your kids has to be in line, I'm sure, with what their responsibilities are. I mean, property management is pretty diverse.
0: You need a lot of different kind of people helping you. Yeah. One last thing that I can think of off the top of my head as we're talking about just the hiring the kids part too, if they're employees, and it depends again on the nature of their job, right? I think we've talked before about travel expenses that you get. Yeah. Like if you're traveling, one of the cool things about being in real estate is real estate is pretty much anywhere you can travel. Planning on going to space, maybe not, but I think we are go a ways off on that one, (laughs) but anywhere else you want to go, there's probably some real estate around. And so we could probably come up with a way to justify our travel as the real estate investors, as the real estate professionals to write off our travel. But if we want to take our kids with us, then their portion of the travel doesn't count. Now, if they're employees of our property management company, and now we can include some function into that travel that relates to what they do for us. Then we can start including some of their expenses in our travel expenses.
1: Yeah, that's really cool. So when you're going to set this up and you set up the LLC, you check licensing with the state, you then have to hire your kids, which means they have to fill out, I'm assuming, like a form of some kind, right?
0: Right. So when we pay our kids, we want to do it through payroll, not a 1099. So you'll want to use a payroll service and make sure it's one that understands that you're hiring your kids so that they know the rules. And pretty much all of them do. Sometimes, possibly, if you go to one of the online services, it might not be generic enough that there's a drop-down box to say, I'm hiring my kid who's under 18 in my sole proprietorship. So you might actually have to talk to a real person. Okay, But those are the better payroll companies anyways. and actually pay them on payroll because that's what gets the payroll tax excluded. If you pay them on a 1099, they're an independent contractor and then they have to pay self-employment tax even if they are your kids. So you lose that advantage unless you put them on a W-2.
1: Oh, good to know, okay.
0: And they don't have to be paid weekly or monthly. You can pay them once a quarter, you can pay them once a year. One of the things with payroll companies, they like to run a payroll at least once every quarter because they have to file payroll tax returns every quarter. And so they want to charge you for something to file this, charge you for at least once every quarter doing a paycheck. So you might as well pay them once a quarter.
1: Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Man, this is so exciting because I'm seeing all the applications for me. So you do the payroll and you have the management company set up. What are the advantages if people have grown children, maybe they can't take advantage of hiring their kids, what would the advantages be of having your own property management company that don't include hiring your kids?
0: Well, there's several things. One is, and this one's really interesting, it's called section 105 plan or a medical expense reimbursement plan. And this works also really well in sole proprietorships. So. You had a property management company basically a section 105 plan allows you to reimburse you for any out-of-pocket medical expenses and then the company gets to deduct it and some people have an hsa and say well my hsa does that but it also has some pretty small limits in my opinion mm. i have a naturopathic doctor and he's the best thing i ever did I was hiring <laughs> this guy he's great but they also don't take insurance so my HSA got used up really quickly in seeing him plus some of the supplements they prescribe and that sort of thing. So a section 105 fund allows my company to pay for those things for me and deduct it as an employee benefit. This will not work if you're an S corporation. It works sort of okay as an S corporation, but it works ideally best in a sole proprietorship and the owner of the company is not allowed to benefit from this. So let's say, Heather, you start at the property management company, but then you have your husband come in and do some work for you in the property management
1: company. Yeah.
0: Now, he's an employee, so he can be eligible for the 105 plan, and the 105 plan can cover him and his family, which would include you and your kids. Yeah. It's just a weird hoop we have to jump through. but And then do you have to pay him? Not really necessarily. He could be working just for this great benefit of having all my medical expenses paid for Hmm. The thing we want to be aware of with this plan is we don't want to do it if we have other full-time employees working for us because it has to cover everybody who works for you. Oh. And paying for somebody else's medical expenses is probably more generous than we want to be.
1: Yeah. What about if they're your kids, though?
0: Your kids? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. But so hiring your kids, let's say instead of hiring your spouse, we hire our kids and they get the plan it only covers their family. So they don't, you still wouldn't be covered.
1: Okay. I know you'd mentioned the idea of being a real estate professional with how easier because you have a property management company. Can you talk a little bit more about how, because a lot of our clients want to take advantage of that cost segregation and be a real estate professional.
0: Well, so what happens and a lot of people are going to say, well, Warren, I can't do this. I already have a property management company. I live in Utah. My property's in Oklahoma. I'm exactly going to run mm-hmm. out there to fix things. And so one of the things you can do take your property management company and then your property management company contracts with or hires a local person as a subcontractor to do the on-site work for you. So basically Your property management company then hires other property managers or whatever locally to do a lot of the work. So this requires a little bit of documentation to show that we're this is all the way it's happening. But basically your rental property, let's say you own your rental property in Main Street LLC and you start another LLC for your property management company calling Swift Property Management. So, Swift Property Management will be engaged by Main Street LLC to manage its property. So, you have a management agreement between those two companies. Then, Swift will create a contract with the local property managers and have them as contractors. So basically, one of the jobs of your property management company is to manage the managers. Yeah. It's probably also going to help you look for new real estate opportunities. It's going to be there to help you grow and take on just some of those things that the property manager just doesn't do as far as bigger oversight pictures.
1: Like an example, I guess, one of my properties recently, there was extensive tenant damage. And I actually found my own contractor and hired out the work coordinated with him, the by-property manager actually wasn't involved at all. Would that be like an activity that you're talking about?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. Anything that you're going to do that the local person isn't going to do.
1: Hmm. And how do you document something like that? Like what would be an appropriate record? <laughs> I don't even know how I would.
0: Well, we'll go back to real estate professional time. The first part of the documentation is those contracts. One you have a contract with your management company has a contract with your rental property. Mm-hmm. And then your management company has a contract with the local people. So okay. those contracts will spell out a lot of it. And maybe even in the contract, if we're looking to be a real estate professional, one of the things that the IRS jumps on right away is they'll look at your schedule E and see where you're reporting your rental expenses and they'll see, oh, you have property management expense. So we don't think you could possibly be a real estate professional because you've hired somebody to do all that work for you. Yeah. How would you be getting your time in? Well, one is we can come back and show the IRS, well, I did hire a property management company. It's my property management company. So that would be level one. Then if they ask any further, which they probably will, we document how you spend your time. So as you're hiring those contractors, even interacting with the local property manager, doing the books and all the other things that you might be doing, those all will count towards your real estate professional time. Okay. And just so we recap and everybody remembers, so real estate professional status says that one, you spend at least 750 hours a year on a real estate business, and two, that you spend more time on that than any other income producing activity.
1: Okay. So if you're like have a W-2 at another job, and then you are employed by the management company, it has to be your main source of time spent. Right.
0: right. You have to spend at least one minute more in the real estate side than on your W-2 side. So we can't do anything about the W-2 except we can create enough low taxed revenue that we can replace your W-2. Yeah. It starts really simple and that's a really cool thing because some people look at it and they'll say, hey, I think almost all of us have this goal. It's like, I wanna quit my day job and just do real estate, but I'm getting paid $120,000 a year for my W-2 job. So until I start having positive cash flow of $120,000 a year from real estate, I can't quit. But that's not exactly true because the tax advantage nature of real estate, especially compared to a W-2 job, it takes a lot less than the $120,000 from real estate to equal the same amount of take-home pay, the same kind of lifestyle that $120,000 of working a W-2 job has. Yeah. I don't have a formula to tell you how much less, but I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it was 80000 or $70,000 of income from real estate would give you the same lifestyle as the $120,000 from your W-2 job.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just had a friend that just barely made that shift. He quit his W-2 job to be full-time in real estate, bought his first property from me, gosh, maybe 10 years ago, I'd have to ask him. But He ended up like doing that math that you just talked about, Warren, and was like, wait a minute, (laughs) like, why am I staying at my W 2 job where it gives me comfort and security? He ran the numbers and went, yeah, no. And he quit his job, and everyone at the company that he left were like, good luck, man, that's awesome. Like,
0: (laughs) and really, how much security does that give
1: you? Yeah. I mean,
0: people are getting laid off left and right now.
1: That's true. That's a good point. Being able to, have that security in a time where a lot of people are nervous about their employment. That's a really good point too. So is there someone that can help people set all this up? If it's overwhelming to people and they're like, I want to do this, but I don't know that I want to go jump through all the steps. Does someone at your office help with that? Or do you know anyone who helps?
0: I mean, we can certainly talk to them about helping them through the steps. We're not lawyers. So there's certain things that we can only explain to you how to do. And if you want to hire a lawyer to do it, they can do it, or we can refer you to people that can help you do it. But that much legal work is really mostly getting the LLC set up, which most of you guys know how to do now. And if not, we can point you to people who can. Yeah. But in the LLC set up and just having those documents created, the property management document, there's a lot of Probably Google some pretty good boilerplate property management agreements that you can use.
1: Okay, that's a good point. I'll have to ask JJ, he's been on the podcast before, if it's something that he can help people with, because I think you referred JJ over to me. So I'll ask him, and then I'll report back to the group.
0: (laughs) JJ too, likes the property management. I won't step on his toes, but he likes the property management structure, but for liability protection.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: It's an additional add on that we're actually giving ourselves some more protection by doing
1: this as well. Huh. That's really cool. We'll have to have a follow up with him then on his take on it. That's really cool. If people have questions about taxation, accounting, hiring your firm, how do they get a hold of you? What's the best way?
0: Well, I'll give you a few options. So, one thing we'll do, and we love all of you guys. So, we work with a lot of people that Heather works with and Ron works with. So one of the things we do is every Thursday, we have a Thursday afternoon call at three o'clock Pacific time and we don't have a curriculum. We don't have anything particular that we talk about. It's just the accountants here. We kind of all take turns each week and somebody and we're just there to answer quick questions for people. So first place Mm -hmm. to go and that's free. So, You can come listen to that. And if you want to sign up or you want to get the information for that, I do make you sign up because sometimes we have to change the phone number, let everybody know that the number changed unless I have everybody signed up. But if you go to thurscall.com, T-H-U-R-S call.com, you can get signed up for that. And then I'll also lead you into more of our stuff and how you contact us. That's one easier way to do it. If you just wanted to work with Heather or Ron, they send us people all the time.
1: It's true. We just think you guys are the best. I know Ron, if Ron were here, he would talk about how when he first met you, Warren, he said he wanted to blow up his business because he was paying more in taxes than he was making. And then when he met you, it changed the trajectory. In a lot of ways, it sounds maybe a little dramatic, but he kept the business open. He was literally going, should I just close my business because I'm paying more in taxes than I'm making in income? So having your ideas and knowing the tax codes so well. so
0: And it's a really good idea. If you like this idea of creating your property management company, there's a bunch of other reasons to do this too. So there's a lot of good things. But there's also some decisions to make and like how we want to set it up. Like we were talking right now about doing it as a sole proprietorship. Makes mm-hmm. sense for a lot of people. Some people it makes more sense if you do your property management company as a C corporation. So there's a few choices and we want to make sure that you take most advantage and avoid all the negative things for it. If you want to set something like this up, yeah, you can go to those resources. It's probably better off just get in touch with us and we'll help you through it to make sure, one, that you're a good fit for this. Mm -hmm. And two, that we set it up in such a way that it gives you the most benefit now and that you can grow into as well.
1: Yeah, that's actually really good because if you go through all these steps, I mean, some investment, not a ton, but if you do it and you can't take advantage of it, you'd be real frustrated. So real smart to be able to reach out to you guys and get some guidance. So I know oftentimes when I reach out to you and introduce clients, I send an email to your info at email as well. So info at T-A-C-P-A-S, right? Uh, Yes. .com. Yeah. So I'll put that in the show notes. So that way you guys have the Thursday call information and you can get a hold of Warren and his team. Your whole team is excellent. So <laughs> thanks. Yes. We love working with you. So thank you for spending the time with us today and offering some expertise. And we really appreciate it.
0: Oh, thanks. A lot of fun. Taxes are fun. <laughs>
1: We're so glad you find it fun, Warren, because you can help us make it more fun by saving some money. So I appreciate that. Until next time, everyone get out there and make something happen. Take action this week. This has been the Get Real
0: Podcast. To subscribe and for more information, including a list of all episodes,
1: go to getrealestatesuccess.com.